Welcome to the Global Careers Podcast, sponsored by GW Cyber, the source for inspiring stories from seasoned professionals who have embraced a global role and reaped the benefits. We offer practical advice and insider tips across a broad swath of industries and fields around the world. You know, whether or not you've considered moving abroad or taking on an international role, globalization will impact your career. So join us for a lively discussion as we explore what an international career really means. My name is Stacey nevadomsky Burdan, and I'll be your host. In Season 5, we focus on women in global careers, the challenges and opportunities, and how things have evolved over the last few years. Join us as we hear from eight global women as they share their inspiring stories working around the world in such fields as tech, diplomacy, investing, marketing, and so much more. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing a dynamic woman, Casey Carlson, Managing Director at Deloitte, who leads their real estate strategy and workplace design. Although she launched her career in accounting at Deloitte, she shifted to HR, focusing on talent, immigration policy, and global mobility. Based in Boston, Casey spends a great deal of her time in India, and she's pretty excited about her latest role. Welcome, Casey. Great to have you with us. Thank you. All right, so you are enjoying a stellar career at Deloitte, where you began in accounting, now you're in HR. Someone who has made several career switches at Deloitte, how did your experience working as a tax consultant in the beginning, senior manager of talent, managing director of talent immigration, all of that prepare you for your current role now? Stacy, it's so interesting to think about uh, beginning my career as an audit intern and then joining the tax practice at Deloitte. I knew in graduate school that I probably didn't want to be a tax accountant, but I was really interested in how uh, policy and business choices impact human behavior. So I feel very fortunate to um, have been able to take that over into um, these other roles, but I am glad that I'm grounded in that um, fundamental accounting and finance business knowledge. So that's been very important throughout my career. It's also a big part of our organization, um, accounting and then consulting. I think the other roles, so um, as a talent leader, either for a geography and a group of people or a topical talent leader, um, whether that's immigration, diversity, equity, and inclusion, that talent experience, and again, understanding those humans and how our choices um, affect outcomes and productivity and align to business strategy. So both of those have been really important. I think what's been interesting, and um, as I've gotten to know your organization, thought about a lot, is just global experience. There's the experience of travel and being in other countries, but there's also the experience of being in roles that um, have a global lens, um, that you work with global uh, colleagues and contacts in. And so that's been very important as I move into real estate. Um, Real estate and this idea of what will the workplace be, I think is one of our most important questions of our time, certainly coming out of COVID. But I think it was a question we were already trying to figure out, um, which is how will humans work? So if we know what type of work in our organization that we want to sell to our clients and provide and advise our clients on. And we then translate that to what type of workforce do we need? The workplace really has to support all of that. So I go back to being an intern that came into the office every day and now being a managing director that can work from home or the airport or an office or a client 
Um, really, this idea of what will the workplace ecosystem be requires all of my experience and background. Yeah, that's so cool. And I'm really glad that you mentioned um, a little early on, you said something about um, being grounded in those accounting and business skills. That really is super important because you really have to understand the the business of business in order to then branch out into real estate strategy or workplace design or sustainability. So that's cool. So that's cool. So with respect to workplace design and sustainability, how has the field evolved, especially in the last few years? And, and where are there opportunities in the future for our listeners? This is another exciting part of um, my industry. So if, if you think about commercial real estate, there has been for many years a focus on lead certification. So is the building sustainable and what are the elements of sustainability within a building? What I'm seeing already, and I think what we will see in the future, is a more holistic view. So how does, again, the workplace support the human? And so whether that's well-being, whether that's the energy choices that we make, and by that I mean uh, where does our electricity come from? How was it created? Uh, Whether that's looking at commuting, and where we choose to um, bring our people together in the workplace and and what that means for their commute, Um, whether that's the embedded design decisions that we make for the workplace. So including natural elements like wood and plants, uh, being mindful about putting an internal staircase so that people will uh, get up and and walk uh, throughout your space. So I think it's really this switch from certifying a building as being sustainable to very mindfully looking across your talent and your real estate choices to create an experience that's focused on sustainability and well-being. Oh, that's really neat. What an exciting, exciting role you've got there. That's cool. And and I know you've spent a lot of time in India, right? Can you mm-hmm. shed some light um, what it's like to work there, how you've had to adapt to different cultural differences and nuances, things you've learned, tips, that kind of thing? I can try. I, India is amazing. That's what I would say, full stop. Um, and it has been interesting to be in India over the last decade plus. I enjoy being in India for so many different reasons. It's It's been very important to my career. Here, um, our U.S. organization, half of our people are here in the U.S. and half are based in India. So it, it is really just an incredible partnership. Uh, when I'm there, it is my colleagues that make all the difference that um, in the early days helped me learn to navigate the country, the city, the offices, the nuances, and now have become my close friends to really uh, appreciate and take advantage of uh, the culture to advance our business and, and understand similarities and differences so that we can do that. And I guess I would just say, Stacy, that spending time with that team and with the leaders has been really paramount. The relationships are the key. After my first trip to India, that became so apparent and obvious, and we probably could be more mindful about the same here in the U.S., but just really watching my my colleagues and, and teams and the country um, evolve has been excited. So I, I would say my lessons learned are, are we're more alike than we are different, and um, making your 
work colleagues, your work friends is, is very important, probably in, in any experience in any country, not just India. Yeah. Wow. 50-50 split. That's, that's amazing. So, mm-hmm. so, so many times there's this dynamic tension, right? There's a headquarters and there's a smaller satellite office and that the satellite office strives to, to be heard, but that's obviously not the case here. So they're almost like equal, equal partners. I mean, do you see that kind of attention? Um, it's, that's a really interesting question. So for the U.S. and India, I would say that it's very seamless, that the partnership between the two and, and the support of uh, common objectives. But I, I, I was thinking about this a little bit, where I do see what I would call smart tensions is in our global organization. So Deloitte is a global firm, and we have what we call member firms. And so, for example, there could be nuances or differing needs between the Americas and Asia PAC, or there could be smart tensions within countries in the Americas. Brazil may need something different than Canada. So we have a part of our organization, what what we call our our global group, that is really charged with ensuring that we have consistency across what we call the green dot. That's our brand. So consistency across the the green dot, the audit process and outcomes in Japan are um, at that same level and and consistent with the way we approach audit again in, in Canada or somewhere else, but that we don't lose the specialness of each country. So I I would call it smart tensions. And I think we see it maybe not between the US and India, but I've definitely observed the same with other countries and with what we call other member firms. Mm -hmm. I like that term and I'm going to co-opt it and use it, smart tension. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So you have just described a massive organization, right? Deloitte Mm -hmm. is huge and all over the world. One of the most popular questions I get from students is, how do you find a mentor? How do you do that in such a big organization? It's such a good question and it's so important. So I'll I'll share my experience here at Deloitte and, and then my two cents on it as well. So we work from a premise of you own your career, but as you said, it's a, it's a huge organization. And so uh, there are some things that we do very prescriptively. And then I think with mentoring, there's an element of it that has to be naturally formed. So on the organization side, we ensure that everyone who joins has both an onboarding buddy and that every professional at Deloitte has a coach. And so your onboarding buddy is helping you figure out how to navigate this place in your early days. Your coach sticks with you. That's who provides your performance management feedback um, and, and talks with you about your career. Sometimes that person is also your manager, but often they are not. Again, mentoring, I think, requires a more naturally formed relationship. And I, I've seen that over the years in talent. I've been parts of, in part of um, project teams where we've tried to be prescriptive about mentoring. And while you can figure out all the steps that someone should need to take, it really comes down to the relationship. So my advice is that generally people like to talk about themselves and that most people will welcome an introductory conversation. And during that conversation, it's each of our opportunity to learn about that person's career and understand maybe how they navigated the organization and start to look for that person that could serve as a mentor. 
And what I tell each person that's sort of on that journey looking for their mentors is to ask at the end of that conversation for one or two additional contacts that either you can use their name and say, Casey sent me and I'd, I'd like to know more about you or they can make an introduction for you. But I found generally people like to talk about themselves. And then within those conversations, there's often that person you find that says, well, Casey, it sounds like you need to do X. And how about in two weeks, we talk about what you did with that. And there you found your mentor maybe a little more naturally. So I think, Stacy, we can be prescriptive and get give the steps for finding a mentor, but then there's a bit of a hunt to find that person that, that you feel that connection with and that has the time and inclination to connect with you and, and support you. Yeah, that's great advice. And it's true. I mean, I think that's why it's the question that's asked so much is, is you can't really have a one, two, three, four step strategy, really. You gave some great tips, but if the chemistry is not there, the person's not willing, yeah, it doesn't work. So so just kind of also have faith and just keep putting yourself out there. I love that asking other people questions because we all do do like to talk about ourselves. Mm-hmm. So what, um, what trends do you see um, in HR now, specifically for those listeners who are interested in a career in HR? When I moved into this role, I found it interesting how much that the workplace design leader and now the real estate strategy leader is what I would call a a talent person in hiding. And I don't think that that's unique to me, uh, even though that's my background. I think we're really circling around a moment in time when human resources, learning and development, real estate, facilities management, your marketing and content creators, change management subject experts are all going to need to come together to enhance the employee's experience relative to the organization. So while we'll continue to see nuances and we're seeing them right now in the marketplace where the employee-employer dynamic sets and resets and and the, the power dynamic between the two set and reset, we're seeing a shift in the workplace and people will likely where they're able not want to come in to work behind a closed door and do individual work. We will come together for um, meaningful reasons. And so all of these different groups, HR, but all of these other groups will need to come together to support that. So I think if I, if I look out on the horizon for HR, it's really about partnering across the business. I think HR has been very fortunate to rise um, in its relevance um, and and, and elevate at the table with the CEO. So that's fantastic. But that uh, then requires partnering to support business strategy. Hmm. Great tips. Great advice. Great advice. What is one of the most challenging issues that you have faced in your career thus far and how did you deal with it? I find organizational transformation both challenging and exciting. And to put some definition around that, that could be exciting planned changes, uh, the transformation of a talent organization to better utilize technology and enable your efforts through technology, or that could be an unplanned change. Um, COVID has happened, a, um, a recession has happened, something has occurred that requires a change to your organization. So I've always tried to take a lens of um, this is going to be challenging. You don't know how it might end, especially as a human resource person. Often you're you're in the middle trying to, um, again, support the business and and the humans. Um, An example, and in in the early days 
of the U.S. and India coming together, we needed to do a lot of um, change management and communication to figure out how can we work together to serve our clients. And um, I, I go back to, again, very prescriptive choices. We had training U.S. and India as colleagues, India and U.S. as colleagues. We, we take the training on each side, come together and talk about it. Um, and then, again, those relationships and the time together and learning about each other's friends, families, pets, um, hobbies, all of those sorts of things helped us to, to figure out how to work together. But I would say thoughtfulness thoughtfulness in the change management and the communication and the time that you spend together um, are really important. So that that's one example of, of an organization organizational transformation that, that we've gone through here, but I've found those to be probably the most challenging mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, let's talk about some international, some global aspects of the job or careers in general. What, mm-hmm. what piece of advice would you give someone looking to start an international career or pursue an international career at Deloitte or some other big consulting firm? I would give two pieces of advice. Um, one is to do the role, if it's, not, if it's not yet a global role, to do the role that you're in really well. Um, whether there are formal global mobility programs or informal opportunities, those will often come to your highest, highest performers. And the first question that is always asked of your current uh, boss, manager, leader is how are they performing? What did they do? What, what, what are their skills? So they, it's always asked of your current leader. So do your job that you're doing really well. I think the second piece is to understand the organization that you're working for. An organization like Deloitte may have, and we do have a very formal global mobility program where people take short-term, longer-term expat assignments. There's different ways to do that. Um, you may go on an assignment that is fully funded by the firm, or you may uh, do something where you change roles and change countries and become an employee of that other country. So just understanding the the size and scope of the organization that you work for and knowing that you may have to take um, a leap of faith, um, take on some risk to change roles um, to move forward. So I think that that's important in your consideration, the organization you work for and and what the structure is around it. And then I think uh, when we talk about women in international careers, it's, it's important to remember that hopefully day over day, our gender matters less. But I think there are two things to consider. One is ensuring that people aren't making decisions on your behalf. There's lots of opportunities and, and there's lots of discussions that happen without you. So Um, ensuring that your manager or leader understands what you're interested in and and what you think you'd like to do next and and sort of knows your um, current business proposition. And then keeping your eyes wide open when you do travel or live abroad, because there are differences by gender and um, it depends on the country and the location and and each and every day they experience. So I I think there are some considerations from a gender perspective. Um, So I'd just add that part. Yeah, no, that's great. Anything in particular related to India? India has evolved so much. I would say I probably had um, 
lesser expectations than I should have. I thought there were more gender differences in India when I um, first went, gosh, now, again, over a decade ago, maybe 15 years ago. Um, And inside of our office, Deloitte was Deloitte. Um, And so I think that was important to learn. That said, I have definitely watched um, the country and business organizations um, respect women leaders more. Um, And I think that's been by concerted concerted focus on women and men as colleagues training around that. And, And now you're starting to see the same and other areas of diversity. That's wonderful to hear. That's great. And and we're all on this continuum of, of progress. And it is surprising when you go to different places in the world how um, stereotypes or past thought or thoughts of the past really are surprising. They're not the same anymore. So it's really important to keep your eyes wide open, as you said earlier, and really embrace what you see. And ask local people, right? Ask your local colleagues what things are, um, what they're about, how they are, um, how they're happening, evolving in those kinds of places um, that you may consider working. Yeah, cool. You are so thoughtful and you've had a great career, as, or you still have a great career at, at Deloitte. Is there anything that you wish um, you would like to go back and tell your younger self? I think I would tell my younger self, and I do say this to every new person that joins the firm, um, keep learning. <clears throat> Generally speaking, I don't think people have time to read all of their emails to look at the company's intranet each day and see the news there, to see the news outside of our organizations that matter to our industry or the subject that you're focused on, and then to find time to meet with people and ask questions. And so I fundamentally believe that if you, whether it's own your career or you choose to continuously learn, whatever that phrase is for you to make time, to read those emails, to ask those questions, to listen to the answer, um, to find that next person to speak with and and just continue to learn throughout your career. It's really easy to get pulled into being busy and that's important and you need to do your job well, but you have to keep learning so that you can figure out what the next step should be. Well, that's wonderful advice. Great, great, great advice. Um, We're wrapping up. It's been a wonderful conversation. Casey, I really appreciate your time. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Maybe something that, uh, address a question maybe that I did not ask you to share with our listeners? The only thing I'd add, Stacey, is taking advantage of any opportunity to travel or whether that's travel domestically or internationally or live abroad to really take advantage outside of the work reason that you're there, if you can, to enjoy the time when you're traveling. And to, um, again, I've talked about my colleagues and and how gracious they are in India. I find that everywhere that I go. So saying thank you, uh, both while you're in the moment and and maybe after you've left, uh, it just builds relationships. And then when you go back, um, that next time it's it's more than a business trip. So building some thoughtfulness around your business travel is important. So not only traveling and enjoying and seeing things, getting outside the office, but also, yeah, getting to know the people and, and being mm-hmm. grateful to them for what they've done. That's great advice. So thank you, Casey. This has been wonderful talking with you today. And I really appreciate your taking the time because I know you are a very busy woman. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the GW Cyber Global Careers Podcast. Join us again next time. And in the meantime, go global.